everyone. Welcome to episode 136 of the Fitness Double Podcast, another in our recent series where we are pairing up industry leaders. Uh, right now, we are recording this in the middle of the COVID pandemic, but we want to make sure that these ideas will be evergreen, stuff that will benefit you years down the road and not just specific to our current times. But we're still all facing you know, challenges right now. So this is an episode that actually talks about a lot of strategy to come out the other side of this better than ever. And we have Jordan Syatt and Mike Vacanti on here. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, some online training, but a lot of content creation and a lot of investing in your own personal business and brand and how to help your clients now and just go the extra mile for them. So that way they're successful and they get through this. You're successful, you get through this, and you are in a great position as we start coming out the other side of this one. So stay tuned and enjoy. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fitness Devil Podcast. This is another in our recent series where we're taking industry leaders, pairing them up, especially if they have sort of a piece of common ground. So today we've got Jordan Syatt and Mike Vacanti on. Jordan's been a previous guest a couple times. Mike, it's really great to have you a first time. And for anyone who isn't already familiar with these guys, they're Gary Vaynerchuk's trainers, amongst many other things. Uh, and you each had your turn with it, like I think three years a piece, and now you guys trade back and forth every three months, if I'm not mistaken. You're gonna lead with but, that? That's the best thing you're gonna lead with. More so, more so. <laughs> These guys are two of the, the the best minds in, the most successful people in online training space and content creation. Uh, they've got a podcast of their own that I regularly regularly listen to, and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. So uh, we're really grateful to have you guys. Thanks for being on here today. I think before they say anything, it's like anyone listening, like you don't start with the thing everyone knows. Like you know that because then, then we're using it. So like we, I didn't even know you guys trained Gary Vee. So that's funny. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess how we usually start this off is, and maybe we can do it a little differently because we haven't had Mike on before, uh, but kind of just a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of jump into... Um, I don't want to say the COVID stuff, but kind of what we've been going on with all these other ones. But I guess we can start with Mike. We'll start with Mike because Mike, um, I didn't know, again, you're Gary Vee's trainer. So like, <laughs> yeah. what does that look like? <laughs> I am, uh, I'm a personal trainer. I coach Gary. I started coaching Gary uh, back in 2014. And I live in New York City. I, I used to be an accountant. That's what I went to university for. And after working a brief amount of time in public accounting, I immediately quit and uh, you know started coaching clients, started up a blog in uh, early 2013 about fitness, and ended up moving to New York City for an internship. And I've been doing most of the same stuff since then, including coaching clients in person, uh, like I think Dean mentioned, online coaching, um, the mentorship with Jordan, and now the podcast with Jordan. So it's great to be here. Nice. And Jordan, do you have like something like different from last time? I, I'm assuming you're still on Instagram. Um, <laughs> still, I, I still do Instagram. I still do YouTube, still do podcasts, still do uh, all the same stuff. I, I, I'll say if anyone wants some more background on me, you can link the previous episode uh, in the show notes, but still do all the same social media stuff for sure. Yeah. And I think last time, since last time we've seen you, you just ate meat for a bit. And, oh yeah, <laughs> like, it didn't last very long, and then you everyone got sick. So like you can kind of almost correlate carnivore diet with this in New York. When one person only eats meat, a pandemic arises. That's yeah. a very <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. the uh, I did the carnivore diet for two weeks. I basically I saw I, I'm filming the YouTube video right now, but basically I for whatever reason it really picked up steam fast from what I saw. Um, and so what I did was I was like, all right, I'm going to do the carnivore diet for two weeks and then I'm going to show what happens when you stop doing it for the following week. So I, I tracked like meticulously for two weeks, what life was like on it and then what happens to my weight, my energy, my lifts, uh, all of it. Once you get off of it, it was actually, it was really interesting. I'll just give one aspect of it. Now I, uh, during the two weeks and Mike, I told Mike this during the whole process, I can, I'm usually pretty good at chin-ups. Chin-ups like are, are relatively easy for me. Um, near the end of the two weeks, I could barely get 10, 10 good chin-ups when I was doing it. And then literally two days after I started eating normally, I got 21, like 20. It was crazy. It was just absolutely insane. But yeah, so I did that. That'll be on YouTube and just doing random experiments. 
I wonder if that's just straight muscle glycogen if you were so depleted and then you repleted it again, right? I think that's got to be it for sure. I don't want to get too hard in the science on that because that'll sidetrack us from, you know, <laughs> I think you know with that, this, like it's going to make your numbers go down. Like, and then yeah. we can just the And we're referencing your last episode and I can't encourage people enough to listen to because I actually do think it's one of the best we've ever done. Like a lot of these episodes are interesting for us as the hosts, but that's one of the ones that I actually took the most from applied it, especially when it comes to like social media engagement and I had a ton of success with it. So I actually think everybody should go the fuck back and listen to that one after you're done with this one. It's the most recent of the two you've had on, but let's go into that online space thing. So you guys being primarily online, at least in theory, not a ton is changed for you guys during this pandemic compared to say physical gym owners. Like we had Luca Hosfar, Pete Dupuy, Chad Landers and Mark Fisher on recently. Those guys are freaking out. They're doing positive things, but they're in, they're in some deep shit right now. Whereas you guys, what's it like for you? Mike, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, obviously nowhere near as, as, uh, bad i guess or or scary as it is for those with gyms and we've had people contact us who literally just opened gyms in like january february march leading up to this which is even more terrifying um but other than a bit of client drop off in the first one to two weeks things have been mostly normal i spent like six hours a day for multiple days designing basically all of my coaching clients, body weight workout plans or like modified for a few sets of dumbbells or whatever people had at home. But since then, uh, my life has been, you know, outside of not really leaving my apartment and New York city being, a, um, largely the same. Yeah. It's about the same for me. I, uh, the first two to three days, that thing started like everyone was like you're you're it's like the shelter in place type thing there was a pretty significant drop off in the inner circle my my membership site much more than usual and uh and that was very it was shocking to see but it wasn't devastating and then since then there's actually been an uptick in sales uh over the last week or so like significantly more than anticipated and i think it's because at the beginning there was people a lot of people lost their jobs they freaked out they wanted to save money and then after that they're like all right this might be for a while they started to come back like okay now i need to focus on my health and realistically it's it's 24.99 a month it's not that expensive and and i spent a lot of extra time putting in a lot more home and bodyweight workouts in the inner circle to make sure everyone had what they needed um but yeah, I mean, relative to people who own a physical brick and mortar space, it's been pretty normal, thank God. Has it changed your thought process? And like, it might, might have, but like, assuming that this thing's going to last long term, has it changed your thought process in the content creation portion of things? Like in terms of how you're going to, I guess, plan out what you do over the next few months content wise? Uh, I've been doing, I've been doing a lot more podcasting than, than I was before. And mainly because... I can't, I can't really utilize my videographer Rico anymore. So we don't meet anymore. Uh, a lot of, all the video I do is on my phone and then I send it to him via Dropbox and he edits it. Uh, I've been doing a lot more podcasting and I've also been shifting the style of my content a little bit more towards, especially at the beginning, it was really just funny, trying to keep people upbeat, happy. Uh, now you're going to see me start shifting back towards what people generally want, uh, which is strength, fat loss, muscle definition, health. Basically, when, I, when this first started, I don't think myself or anybody really saw how long this was going to go on, go on for. And so I was like, you know what? Don't really focus on fat loss just for right now. Just focus on keeping a good mental space, being happy. And so my content reflected that. And actually, when I would do Q&As on my Instagram, I would get usually, I usually get thousands of questions and almost all of them fat loss or strength related. When all this happened, I got significantly fewer questions and very few were about fitness at all. Very, most of them were, what, what are my thoughts on coronavirus? What are my thoughts on this? Like, are you safe? All this stuff. So I shifted my content to reflect what people were interested in. Now when I do a Q&A, it's basically back to normal. It's basically exactly what people want from the very beginning. They want to lose fat. They want to get stronger. They want to be healthy. They want to figure out how to have more healthy foods. They want to figure out how to get motivated to do things that they know they should do, but they're not. So now my content is really shifting back more towards what I usually do. I think we're seeing, I, I found the first week of, as this started to escalate every day, there's some crazy update. And I found that profoundly stressful and really difficult to adjust to. And then it leveled off. And then, you know, there's a, another kind of like 
negative sort of couple days of updates and, and we're up in Canada. So we're in Edmonton and Edmonton's not a hot spot for this stuff. There's it's here for sure. But uh, in Canada, I think Quebec's getting it worse. Toronto's got a bit of it, but the West side of the country has actually done a really good job of the quote flattening the curve. Um, so, but I settled in and I, and I feel like a lot of people do the same thing where you settle into a new norm, a new reality. Now I always, I'm always careful because there are some people who they're in really dire financial straits right now. And I never want to be insensitive or to dismiss like the really looming present stress of their situation where they are worried about paying rent this month and they've got a landlord or a business where they're not willing to budge on it. Right. And so well, that's those people, I, I feel fucking sick for those people. But through my conversations, my friends in the industry, my clients and a lot of people, yeah, there's a few people who are in hurting mode right now. There's actually a lot of people who are doing okay. And, and so that helps ease my mind a bit. And then it helped me adjust, find a new normal. And then where I couldn't find that energy to do the extra things like write podcasts or get you know, keep my writing going or even post much on social media, I found that sort of settle back into normal again. And I'm kind of hoping that that's been a lot of people's experience. And yeah, it's a new normal. We've kind of adjusted to it. And hopefully then a lot of people are in a place where now they can kind of carry on with those well, that's constructive what, things that will help you hit the ground running when all of the restrictions are lifted. That's why it's interesting hearing Jordan's take because essentially your, uh, your Q and a or your DMS is kind of, uh, a good experiment on to kind of people's thought process because you do have the attention of that crowd. It's kind of interesting hearing you say that in, in the DM questions because that kind of mimics what Andrew just said. Have yeah. you kind of noticed that same thing, Mike, like in terms of how you've created your content and, and where you've kind of moved it as the weeks have gone by? Yeah. So right now I'm a bad example of this because my coaching business is in a place where uh, based on SEO from articles I've written over the last seven or eight years and client referrals, I'm, I'm kind of maintaining my client base, you know, outside of these first 10 days of, of Corona. But over the last many months, I've been in about the same place. So the extent of my content right now is basically the weekly podcast that I do with Jordan. Uh, however, based on what clients have been saying to me, um, that's how I've, I've developed a better feel for like the level of concern or where the attention is. Whereas for the first one to two weeks, it was much more, um, a lot of fear, a lot more anxiousness, a lot more, uh, you know, cancellations, obviously, but even in clients who maybe just wanted to take a couple weeks off or two weeks off of training, that has shifted to how can I optimize this time? Um, can I add more training days? Can I do longer workouts? Is this a good time to focus on going to fat loss since I'm not going to happy hours and parties and going out. And so the focus from the client side has drastically shifted over the last couple of weeks for me, at least um, to a greater focus on fitness. Well, maybe this could lead to like, so like some background, we just had Lou Schuler and Lee Boyce and we were talking about writing and a lot of it, like one of the questions was surrounding like um, should we capitalize on this pandemic stuff to then filter into our writing and their answer was larger, like, I think it comes down to the cream are going to always rise and people who write evergreen stuff that's going to last this pandemic are probably going to be the things that, again, kind of keep popping up. Is that the same sentiment with Instagram? Because I know Instagram is more about trending and topics. So what are your guys' thoughts on, I guess, content creation with that in mind? Hey, I want to clarify just to make sure I, I fully understand. Do you, do you mean how does this affect our uh, content on Instagram now? Like, do you, like how should no. we? Yeah, absolutely. Just because like right now you could, I don't want to say capitalize, but what's trending is like obviously we're in a quarantine and homework Correct. and all this stuff. And is that something you're attacking or are you still kind of doing that evergreen, I guess, mentality that they were kind of recommending with the writing portion? So if, if you had asked me this three weeks ago, I would have said, stop focusing on fitness content. Um, and I still stand by that for where people's heads were three weeks ago. Now I say, go back to what people want, go back to helping them with their fitness, go back to helping them with their nutrition, definitely adjust it to what people need right now. Because I think if I'll tell you this, one of the things I've been doing is, is one of my, uh, one of my recurring pieces of content that I do on Twitter and Instagram is my unpopular truths. And I, I basically say unpopular truths and I bullet point two, three, four things that people that are, are just facts and often myths. Um, 
I've sometimes changed that to say, instead of unpopular truths, I just say random quarantine thoughts. And then I do the exact same thing. It's same bullet points, still just facts that oftentimes people have myths associated with them. But I just changed the title to be more up to date with what's going on in people's heads now. Um, It's still relevant, whether it's today or in three years, and it's still going to help them with their goals. But it often hits in a way, it gets their attention in a way, okay, well, what's going on right now? So I, I think they both work, they both matter, and they both help people. Uh, You also have to remember that Instagram in and of itself is a platform based on current trends right now. The posts that you make today will not necessarily matter in a week or two weeks because usually the posts will only pop up on people's feeds for 48 to 72 hours max. So I would say if you're going to focus on long-term evergreen content, if you will, I would say focus on that for YouTube, focus on that for your long-form articles, focus on that for your podcasts, but for your TikToks, for your Twitter, for your Instagram that would be more relevant to what's going on today, but still talking about things that are important to helping people to achieve their goals. That aligns very closely with what Lou Schuler said. He was a big proponent of, especially when it came to long form writing, you know, he kept saying this stuff is on the internet forever, right? So you want to have stuff that again, the word is evergreen that keeps coming up. So yeah, that makes tons of sense. And it's, it's and the reason why I want to ask is because like, I would, I would agree. And I would tend to think as a user, I'm going to go on to Jordan or Mike's, Instagram and like like you said it's gonna be hard to scroll back to like two years what was Jordan saying that's gonna take way too much time and I just don't exactly. feel like we're gonna do it they're not they're, they won't they don't do it um, the way that I often look at social media especially we'll look at Instagram I look at Instagram as a way to get people's attention and I look at something like a podcast or a YouTube or a long-form article as a way to really build a better connection and to really teach them more uh, People are, can only have so much time and learn so much from a very quick Instagram video, Instagram post, tweet, whatever. But when you take them from that platform to a longer form platform where they can spend more time, invest more, care more, uh, they can get more value from it. So I, if you really break it down, even in one piece of content, it, there's a, a writing form that I'm sure Lou Schuler is very well uh, uh, accustomed to this. It's the AIDA formula, attention, interest, desire, action. It's like very popular, very common. You learn this in writing 101 in college, but AIDA is you get their attention first, build their interest, build their desire, then you get them to take action. It could be in any number of things. It could be for sales. It could be for getting them to take action with fitness, whatever. If you break this down, you also have this for each social media platform. I look at Instagram as attention. Like you get their attention on Instagram and then you build up their interest. And then from there you funnel them to other long form platforms, uh, YouTube podcast, long form, uh, articles to build their desire. And then that gets them to take more action. That's sweet. Mike, do you have anything to expand on that? I know we kind of, we just sidestepped you, but I'm sure you have like, Oh no. no. Um, I, I mean, I agree with all that. And Jordan and I have obviously spoken about these things. The, The thing that I would add to, to what Jordan just said is, uh, the content that has done best for, for me, for Jordan, for a lot of coaches that we've seen, um, when it comes to the platforms where SEO matters, so specifically a long-form article or YouTube, is thinking about the content two or three years down the road when you're titling it, when you're tagging it, when you're writing the intro and trying to make that something that not only will be relevant for people many years down the road, but that people will actually find many years down the road because the amount of traction, for example, like I have an article on counting your macros. I have an article on reverse dieting. These are articles that I wrote years ago that still get hundreds of new views every single day and people requesting to become coaching clients as a result of something from 2013 or 2015. Um, And for the amount of, I guess, like shorter term conversion that can happen on social media, uh, there's just, I would say that long form content and trying to set it up for SEO is greatly underrated right now and is being underproduced by almost every coach. Yeah, and that's, again, that's yeah. not to say like one is better or worse because the depth and the amount of uh, like connection between you as a person and your audience, that's way greater on an Instagram or a Twitter or a TikTok or something like that, a Snapchat. Um, but as far as finding new potential clients and organic unpaid reach, yeah. YouTube and website for SEO is just the game. 
And that's why it's interesting hearing your guys' thoughts on it. Cause we kind of like have been taking like the fitness professional who wants to, I don't want to say utilize these moments, but like the one who's now jumping into these spaces and trying to utilize it the best to kind of get where they want to go after this whole thing. And I guess what you're saying is like, if you start doing things the way you're doing them and attack them on those mediums, there's a different path than if you just want to get into writing articles, which is interesting because we would assume that, but it's nice hearing it from two people that are experts in it. And I think that that'll be helpful in terms of, I guess, I guess where do we want to go with it is that, is there any advice into how do you start dipping your feet in these waters now, knowing that there's a lot of people flooding into these markets, trying to do the same thing, like what's going to get them ahead faster? in terms of attention? Well, maybe it isn't about attention right now. Yeah, about whatever. Maybe it is about doing it. I I, I know I'm jumping ahead to answer it, but I personally think do it extraordinarily well so that way you're playing the long game successfully. But go ahead. I think also part of it is just adjusting your expectation. So many coaches right now lose three clients online as a result of this and immediately want to get that back. And they want to sell on Instagram and they want to make these like short-term transactional posts to get back to where they were. And an article is not going to do that. Like a long form article isn't going to yield its, its massive upside if it does until six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road. So going into content creation with the mindset of I'm going to give some time to the longer form stuff, but knowing that it's going to take a lot of patience before you actually see any kind of financial revenue upside from those upfront 10 or 20 or 25 hours it took to make that piece of content. Yeah. I think, and I think people are going to mad when I say this, but screw it. I think coaches are super hypocritical and uh, they're incredibly short-sighted and they don't take their own advice when it comes to, when they're like, well, I want to get more attention. I want to get more followers. I want to get more likes. Meanwhile, they're telling their clients, you're not defined by a number, right? You're not defined by a number. And they're usually referring to the scale. Meanwhile, all they can define themselves by is how many followers they have, how many likes they get. It's like, what are you doing? If you're in, meanwhile, you're telling your clients, take the long-term approach, slow and steady is best. But now these people are like, well, how do I get the most followers the most quickly, the most likes the most quickly? It's like, what are you doing? You're defining yourself by a number and you're trying to get results as fast as you possibly can. I think social media is great and it's an incredible tool and and it's changed my life forever, but it doesn't change the fact that the vast majority of of people joining my coaching program still come from my website from articles that I wrote in 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15. That's still where the vast majority comes from. Uh, Still a vast majority comes from YouTube as well, long form content. And these are pieces of content that if you scroll back through my YouTube, like I have videos that have less than 100 views, like a lot. I have videos that like don't do very well. I think most people they're they're quick to go on Instagram and these and TikTok now. TikTok's huge now because people are like you can go viral so easily. It's like you're an idiot. You're so it's so stupid to go in being like, well, you, you could go viral really quickly. That's the exact same thing as your client being like, I could lose a lot of weight doing this juice cleanse. It's like you're stupid. Stop. If you want to go for long-term health longevity, then spend hours, spend literally a whole week writing one article, a whole, a whole week planning one YouTube video. Make it incredible and understand that you probably aren't going to have anyone reading it or watching that video for at least one to two years. If you do, amazing, but you do that for one to two years, then the next rest of your life is going to be significantly easier. Well, and that's why we wanted to have you on to like, I guess, echo that message because I think a lot of the times people will see your guys' success and assume it's, it's like overnight in a sense. And like, I know you've, you've already talked about like, you got to do things daily, but at the same time, like you've got to do things well. And I think flooding in to do things poorly is going to reflect poorly on you in the long run. Even if you did get your feet in, in, in at this time, it's like, that doesn't matter because like you said, it's still the same game. It's, it's exactly just, right. It just changed for like a month. Mike and I have, I, we, we've told this story a number of times before, but we, Mike and I always laugh because people often ask us, are we worried about our businesses, not just now in the face of the coronavirus, but in, in knowing that this industry is so saturated, that there are so many people in this industry? And we always laugh because we're like, no, not at all. Because the vast majority of people who are flooding into the industry are not going to take the time to write long form articles or make long form videos or really take the time to really build their business from the ground up. They're going to go in, they're going to be on Instagram, they're going to make 27 posts and they don't get any clients and they're going to quit. It's like we, the industry is saturated on a very surface level, but when you get really, really deep, there are very few people doing it right. 
which is like crazy. And, and the, re, the it, this is like so cool because it's like we didn't operate on the assumption that you're Instagram coaches, but we've already circled back to what we talked about, the one we just released today, which is again, long form articles that push your business that are like independent of like your Instagram likes and followers. Like, like, and both of you have not talked about your followers once, not to say that that doesn't yield anything, but it's always come back to the stuff that essentially we put out this week or the week before listening to this, which is like, I didn't, I did not expect that, but I I actually mentioned, you Jordan what we talked about our last podcast on the Lou and, and Lee podcast and how one of the things you'd said was you know you would get it in message and I started doing this based on you say and I found it fantastic you message the people who just started following you or liked or commented on something and I, and I routinely will reach out and say hey thanks for following this stuff thanks for engaging and then you get this open dialogue and I found a lot of these people to be really really engaged and there's a lot of them and then they, they become real big fans of what you're doing because you're not just another person who's posting and ignoring them. So you can create a lot of very valuable and meaningful things out of followers. So I also don't think it's worth discounting the followers. I remember the first two guys years ago who found me who weren't like people I'd met and they were just following me on Facebook. And to this day, both those guys, now they're Facebook friends and like I follow their stuff all the time. And they're, they're really cool guys, but I've even told them, like, you guys were the first two people ever, like, be followers. And I still remember them. And that, that's awesome. pretty cool to them. And it's sort of weird now because that that's, that was weird then to even have followers. Now, of course, it's mushroomed out. I followed you. I followed your YouTube videos. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this dude, like, goes on rants on YouTube and, like, doesn't give a fuck. I was like, we need to do a podcast together. <laughs> and, I, and I totally abandoned YouTube as a result of that. That's exactly what happened. He decided, hey, I want to do a podcast messaged me is like hey do you want to do one and then what two and a half years later you know we continue to talk to people i've been following and reading for years many of them like jordan you and i have not yet met we will eventually but in our travels so travels are going to be restricted uh, you're you're actually slated to be a speaker at our uh, you know mine and dean somerset's event in september 2020 here Dean and I have only had one quick conversation about that's probably not a very likely thing at this point. So (laughs) Dean and I will tackle it, but he's mentioned the possibility of doing it virtually. Oh, nice. We haven't made any, we haven't made any sort of decision. Obviously we got to talk to all you guys, but the the likelihood is to be able to postpone it further may not work. So maybe we'll see if you and Christian Thibodeau and John Goodman and Sam Spinelli and, and everybody, Lee Boyce is one of the people involved in that. There's others. We'll see if maybe it works to have something done that weekend as a virtual event. Who knows? Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get it to it. Just traps you in the podcast to, to tell you you're doing this stuff. Let's. <laughs> well, he doesn't sound like he's I'm arguing. Really segueing right? this. I'm segueing it to, like, we kind of talked about, we're getting back to the point because I want Jordan and Mike to do more rants because I already know <laughs> Andrews. Uh, <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the main things, so you, you guys have a lot of followers, obviously, like we allude to, okay, big Instagram followers, but... In the, in the likeness of what's been happening, have you guys been doubling down on anything to nurture the, the people that you already have as opposed to trying to reach new people in, in, in this, I guess, COVID thing? So I guess what have you been doing action step-wise to like be better to the people you already have? You froze for a second there for me. Damn it. I'll repeat it. Uh, what have you been doing, I guess, to nurture the people that are already following, like your, your main people? What have you been doing to make this experience better as opposed to trying to do stuff to attract new attention? Jordan, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I mean, in, in just for context, I've, I've been over delivering with coaching clients to the extent I can, but I haven't opened my Instagram in months. Like I'm literally not using Perfect. social media. Like I'm not logging on. I'm not looking at it from a consumption point of view. It was making my life worse. And, and there's a very good chance that I'm back at some point, but right now, um, like what I'm doing to deliver above and beyond is, is unfortunately for people who still follow me very little. But that's okay. Like, I think that the outside perception and why we bring people like this in is that, like, again, what people are assuming isn't always the truth. And I I think they need to hear that stuff because at the end of the day, the people listening to you and, and a lot of these experts without the context are doing things that might not be productive for the things that they want. And that answer is like, perfect. Like, I, I love it. <laughs> Didn't open not Instagram. To, not to mention, <laughs> yeah. you, you said you spent, I, I remember when it was happening, you were spending a number of days all day, every day, making new programs for all your clients so that they could do it at home. It's, I think a lot of people get so focused on how to get new clients that they don't realize 
focus on the ones you have right now. Like they're, they're the most important thing that you have right now. Like focus on what you have. Uh, so I think that's a huge thing to, to keep in mind. But yeah, I mean, I've, for me, I've, I've sorry. Hand, a handful of clients too who couldn't afford it, who lost their jobs <clears> before <throat> unemployment comes in and are like, okay, I can't be a client anymore. That's like, look, we'll see what happens, but we're not going to sever the coaching relationship just because you don't have a paycheck right now. Like just because you're really suffering from something, I'm not going to kick you to the curb. So I'll still make you a program every month. Like hit me up if you need anything, keep filling up out your updates and let's see where this goes. Um, I think that falls right in line with what Jordan was just describing as over delivering for current clients. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with <clears throat> extending a little bit of extra to someone who has been a devoted and regular client, you know, if they paid you for you know a series of months or even years and all of a sudden they're in a position where they can't do it well man like it, it as a coach if you go the uh, above and beyond it's not an insult or disservice to the clients who are paying because i think they realize the severity of this stuff too but if someone's not in a position to be able to do it it would mean the world to them for you to go and still give them some support and let you know let you're letting them know that they're a lot more than a paycheck to you. Mm -hmm. That is someone who is probably going to come back the first opportunity they get and they're going to be with you for the long term. So you know, Jordan keeps saying, like, you know, people are focused on trying to create new clients. Well, you would put effort and time into someone who's not yet paying you. What's wrong with putting effort and time to someone who's not able to pay you for a short term because you're going to then earn a client. It, it doesn't change the fact that they were a client before. So for any trainer who's feeling like, well, I would be doing something wrong if I gave the same amount of effort to this person as a client who's paying me, that's the wrong lens to look at it through because you are the same person who would go above and beyond to attract a new client. Mm -hmm. So just think about that a little bit. 100% agree. I mean, for me, the, I've been, we'll start with the people who are actually currently paying me for, for my inner circle, for example. Um, usually I do one live a week for them. It's an hour. Uh, now between myself and my co-coach Susan Niebergall, we've been doing five lives a week. We've each been doing a live stream workout. We've each been doing a Q and a, and then we've each been doing one other thing as well on top of it. So we've literally went from one time a week to five times a week. Uh, usually every month in, in the programming, we have just like either a three times a week and a four times a week. But what we did this month is we included that plus new programs only if you have body weight and other modifications as well. Um, we, we basically did two additions in one for this, for this last month. We doubled it. Uh, and then on a day-to-day -day level, we're giving out way more. Um, for my social media, um, sending out free home bodyweight workouts via text every single day, um, which people can't believe. Like People are freaking out. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing. I, I have this is application that allows me to text be basically like an email list, but over text. So I've just been texting out home workouts every day. People are freaking out about that. Uh, I've been sending out workouts via email every single day. Um, what I've seen a lot of coaches do is amidst the panic, they start trying to sell, like they start trying to sell, they put things on a discount or whatever it is. And meanwhile, Mike and I were laughing, like, we're just, like, just going to give everything away for free. Like we're just going to give everything away for free. We're just going to make sure that people have what they need right now, no matter what. And, uh, and it's that the response has been tremendous. I think it's one of the reasons why we're, we're confident that it's going to be okay is because while everyone else is panicking and panic selling, which is never really a good idea to try and do things when you're panicked or scared, uh, we're really just doing our best to give everyone who follows us and who's connected with us, whatever they need. And then it, we, it's probably going to come back and, and pay it, pay it forward. Well, and it's interesting because we've had that sentiment like repeated multiple times, like in terms of giving and it's, it, I think it's okay to like build equity and give stuff away for free with the intent that they're going to be long-term customers. Like I don't like, yeah, that's profiting, but at the same time, like you're helping them in a time of need and then it should come back around. And I think a lot of people, like you said, are scared or they just want to sell or they just want to do all these other things. But I don't know. I, I, I predict, and maybe that's where we go in terms of predictions, but like I predict that the people who do this stuff you're saying are going to be the ones after this whole thing's done who are probably going to pick up. But do you, um, I guess more specifically, do you have any predictions in terms of all this new stuff everyone's dabbling with and all these new methods and customer service opportunities? Is there going to be anything that you see that's going to outlast 
this pandemic. So stuff that's going to exist that people have tried in this process that they're going to continue to do because they see it as a benefit, even in finances. I guess, Mike, you can start off. Um, I don't know if this directly answers the question, but one thing that I think people should do in the future, and I think a lot of people will as a result of this, and a lot of people won't, but it's the cliche of saving for a rainy day. Like the reason why so many coaches are needing to sell, sell, sell right now in a time when not many people are buying is because they have themselves in a, in a pinch. Uh, and, and obviously not all of that is self-imposed, right? Like there are people living paycheck to paycheck who have busted their ass to get to where they are and that's the best they could do. But there are people who bought $200 Jordans and go on however many vacations and buy $100 bottles of whatever and have run at break even for so long and now are freaking out when shit gets shut down. It's like, you know, we're all responsible for where we are to an extent. And so I think going forward as a result of this, like uh, some people are calling this a black swan event, like things like this do happen in life. And and sometimes multiple times over one's lifetime. And so being in a position where you are, have a safety net of savings to get through it is a really good idea. And, and I hope that's a trend that picks up on the back end of this. Andrew, you, had you been calling? No, he just time? wants to talk about black swan. I, every every, time, I have every time this comes up, like I've heard his rant. Okay, Andrew, what's your black swan? Well, I, I, I absolutely have been using the term black swan because I think right now, you know, people want to go and read, you have more time, go read uh, Nassim Taleb's Black Swan, go read Anti-Fragile. I wrote an article I haven't published yet. I actually was sitting on it before all this stuff, and now I got to try to repurpose it. And it was really about the illusion within our industry that our incomes are unstable and insecure. And it, it actually comes from some of the stuff that Taleb writes in Anti-Fragile. And we're going to see an exodus out of this industry for people who couldn't handle this shock. The people who have trouble with the unstable nature of our incomes on a good day, let alone during this crap. So they're going to be fleeing to become paramedics. They're going to be fleeing to become things that they can get into and involved in fairly quickly that either have a, a stable and secure wage in a similar situation, or they're going to prepare for something that may never happen again. Honestly, it's not a terrible idea because God really knows, or they're going to be looking for salaries. Now, what do we know about a lot of our clients and a lot of people with salary jobs right now? That just went from 60,000 to zero. It's binary. Overnight, yeah. right? So there, there's a big, on a good day, illusion that that's somehow secure and stable. Where I think that what we're seeing in our industry is people who they've learned to pivot. They've, they've been able to adapt to the situation. They've gone into the virtual space. Uh, we're talking about Dean Somerset going and doing all his uh, client training sessions. I don't know if he's lost many hours in the week. He's doing it all virtually over Skype or, or Zoom. Uh, you know, some people are going a little bit more into the online space. We talked with Chad Landers, uh, Mark Fisher, actually Pete Dupree, all of them, about not necessarily rushing into that space and doing it poorly, but those guys want to do a really, really good quality job later on. But we have a ton of ability to shift and adapt to small shocks. And we can anticipate if our income goes down by 5%, 10% over the course of a couple of months, well, we can work harder. We can redirect our energies to try to recover from that. And again, that's the best of circumstances. This is a major shock that's actually affecting everybody. So I actually think that we are in one of the most beneficial positions to be able to adapt. And a lot of people are going to learn to adapt right now, or a lot of people will choose that they're going to have to get the hell out of this because they just can't handle the stress. So I think that we are... If, again, if you want to go back to those books, I think we're quite anti-fragile if we choose to be in this industry. And I can't recommend enough that if you are interested in literature, go read those two books and it might change your entire perspective on just how bad this all was. And, and I know it sucks and I'm not taking anything away from that, but there is opportunity within this. Uh, the obstacle is the way. There is so much opportunity that is going to come out the other side of this event. It's just stressful, the uncertainty uncertain timeline that we're all facing it's look you did mike that's on you <laughs> <laughs> we, i should have prefaced it by like no black swan comments <laughs> fooled we by randomness <laughs> fooled by randomness is a third book that i think preceded the black swan that's also very good but but yep. it it's spot on with the the like people think of entrepreneur and and personal trainer and especially with online business is entrepreneurial 
they think of that as riskier compared to like a quote unquote normal job with a salary. With a normal job with a salary, you either have your full salary or you have zero. With this, with like you can take a 20 or 30 or 40% hit to your income, which really sucks, but that isn't all or nothing that like you're still in the game. And so it, it's, it's an interesting way of thinking about risk. But I think that's helpful to like talk about that. Cause again, like the assumption is your online coaches, you got a big following Gary Vee's trainer, all the stuff that you guys are doing fine. But I think part of that is like you said, you took care of business before, before this stuff. And if anything's there to learn and we had Pete Dupuy on, he's putting everyone on notice. Like everyone's got to step up their game because Cressy's coming out with crazy stuff the next time this comes <laughs> out. But I think that it's, I think that it's good to like repeat that message is like the, the people who are doing well, they're going to fuck you up when this thing's all done. So like, everyone's got to get, but they got to get better. Because, <laughs> I like that. But like if they, if they don't have to, like in Canada, the stat's stupid. It's like, something like 30% of people can't deal with two weeks of no pay. Like they're fucked. And like, I would say that that's probably mimicking a lot of the people in the fitness industry right now. And like, that's not okay. Regardless if you're the best trainer in the world, if you can't last two weeks or a month or two months with like reduced salary, like that's, that precedes all the content creation. Instagram live. I can't wait to see what Luca Hosevar has got cooked up. Like Luca is an industrious dude. If you are a trainer who is right now just jumping in out of necessity to do a really half-assed job at online training wait till luca gets what he's got to cook up well, out into this space if you're, you're in trouble and we're scared of the stuff luca's gonna do it's just like <laughs> just like when people like quote jordan and we'll get your thoughts in a second but they'll like try to do jordan it's just like why are you gonna be a sheer version of jordan like <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's my red jordan do you i'm just like literally lighting up every trainer listens to this but Jordan, do you have any predictions of your own or any rants since we've all had our turn at I mean, I think you guys have said a bunch. Actually, I saw Andrew's post when – I think you posted that on Instagram a while ago, and I was like, that's 100% right. When you posted, you were like, yeah, I think this is going to see a big dropout on the industry as yep. a result of this. And I, I smashed the heart button so fast. I was like, yep, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I the example that I use, I think – I don't know if I use this in a podcast with Mike or, or for our, our mentorship. I don't remember which one, but um, I sort of use the example like a slingshot effect. Um, basically, what I think happened is we saw, and I said when this was happening, I was like, basically, we have a slingshot, right? You have a slingshot in your hand and you start to pull it back and there's a lot of tension building. Like you feel like it could break. And I was like, where we are right now, I think we're nowhere near as far back as it's going to go. I think it's going to get really, really bad and it's going to be very scary. You don't know if it's going to break in your hand. You don't know what's going to happen. But once this all is over, we're going to see a slingshot effect where it not only goes to where the status quo was right in the middle, but it's going to go further. And I think the people who can weather the storm and stay with it and keep posting content and keep helping people and stick to their ethics and morals and doing the right thing rather than acting on a panic response, they're going to be far above in a way better than they were before. And they're really going to be leading the industry. Um, so that's sort of my prediction for this, but it could be wrong. You know, I suspect there's a lot of truth in that. I think there are things we still have to take into consideration that uh, it's not like the doors will suddenly be open one day and every person will psychologically be back to where we where they were i don't want to go too far into this but i believe that there's people in our industry and outside our industry who i think took this and perpetuated fear anxiety on a level above and beyond the reality and i'm not diminishing the seriousness of the nature of this but there are people in our space and i've mentally filed those people away those are people that probably won't be on the podcast who I'm not interested in having as speakers at my event, and I'm not really interested in engaging with because they're they're doing this, the sky is falling, this chicken little sort of thing, disproportionate to the nature of the severity of this. So I think you're gonna have a lot of people in society who are absolutely going to be screwed up from this. There's gonna be a lot of mental health stuff. There's gonna be a lot of people who are scared. There's gonna be a lot of people who want to get the fuck out of the house and they'll rush back to the gym. But gyms won't be able to operate the way they, they were before. Don't expect the economy to rebound overnight. That right. being said, if you are a trainer, if you need 30 clients or maybe in your online space, 50, fuck 100 people out of, uh, you know, what, 
billions in North America alone, or if you're online, potentially anywhere in the world, you really only need a small number of people, relatively speaking, to be successful. So don't get caught up in what's going on in the economy. And for, oh my God, like I've read about this before, but like the news can really go fuck off. I won't go to yeah. the random <laughs> part on that. I like how this turned into rants. There is factual information news, but you also inherently have to understand that the news is designed, especially the editorial side, is designed to attract attention. Yeah. And what's one of the best ways to engage and grab on the following, uh, it glue people to the screen, is, is fear, is hysteria. Uh, I won't cite any specific examples, but there have been several that where the news media has actually been caught uh, lying and misinforming. And that doesn't invalidate everything else. Don't take me for a conspiracy theorist. But you have to pay attention to what's intellectually honest versus what is sensationalized. And then when you can do that, you can follow the evidence and the information. And hopefully enough people will start trickling back. But you individually don't have to be affected by what everybody's doing. If you do your job well, if you put yourself in a position by investing time and effort. Now, I'm redoing Precision Nutrition because they offered me a redo of the course I did years ago. And it's really less about nutrition. It's more about just being a fucking wicked coach. And I'm going through this stuff. I'm like, yeah, this stuff's great. And I want to go through some other educational stuff that I have the time to work on. I want to double down on my social media doing well with it. I took a step back. I want to nail the writing it even more than ever. And then when these doors open, I have my plan. I, my clients are engaged. They're, they're happy with what's going on for the most part. There's a few that are in some tough personal situations. I'm trying to be there for them. And then once this stuff opens up, I want to slingshot forward, just like Jordan said. I don't want to be spending a few weeks catching up because I'm digging myself out of a deep hole that I buried myself in because I can't get away from the news station on the television. Look at look what you did, Jordan, now. You got him on. <laughs> slingshot. Slingshot and back. I, Andrew, I'll give you a compliment. You're doing really good at, like, plugging. Like, so now we got PN people coming on. Like, you're getting, your plugs are getting, like, like, I wouldn't even have known that that was good. <laughs> <laughs> if I was listening, it was perfect. P um, PN, PN is great. Um, no, I, don't, I wasn't throwing you something. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, was, let's, let's take a second and talk about PN, right, for coaches. Okay, maybe some of you guys, you have some resources. Uh, PN actually reached out to me because our podcast showed up as one of the top podcasts in their community. They have a massive community, and yet their listeners, they pulled them, and our podcast is one of the ones that they listen to. So, uh, this guy awesome. messaged me, Jason Crow. So he's one of their executives. He's a, a partnerships director. And he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm from PN. We're the, we're this, we're this, we're this. And I, and I respond, I'm like, yo, like, I love you guys. I have your <laughs> certification. Cool. And he's hoping that we would feature some of their guests. So I said, absolutely. Right. I said, I love Krista. I've been talking to about bringing her on here. Krista, go back and listen to that episode. It's fucking, it's amazing. We had Adam Fight and Craig Weller, who are two of their lesser known in terms of like brand names. And then Jason and I are talking about hopefully getting, I can't promise this, but eventually John Berardi, right? And John is a superstar Stop in our world. telling people that, because what if he doesn't like that? <laughs> he may not, you know. You fucking can't promise, but it is what it is. But in the meantime, <laughs> that's a good resource to be a better coach. And if you want to, as a trainer, be a little bit more diverse, get into nutrition coaching. Nutrition coaching is big right now. Dean works for Stronger You. You've got PN coaches. You've got Macros Inc. You've got what Renaissance Periodization does. You know, Jordan, you guys do a lot of nutrition stuff with what you're doing in your online space. Nutrition coaching is a really good way to build a more robust, anti-fragile platform as a coach instead of being entirely dependent on one-on-one -on -one in person coaching. And that sounds crazy because I'm very heavy in that space, but I'm still going to double down on it and I'm going to kick everybody's ass at that and I'm going to do fine. I'm cutting you anyway. off. I'm throwing. Yeah. I'm throwing these guys because it's like they've got you. They they clearly know the game. You just got to get Andrew to pull his string and he'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Yours is easy. What 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 are you gonna do after this thing? Like once everything kind of goes back to normal, is there gonna be anything you've done in this time period or the stuff you've talked about that you're gonna continue to do that you weren't doing prior to this? And I think that that'll be a good way to segue into the closing it up. Mike, yeah, Mike, you first. I'm thinking. What he looks like he's thinking. Jordan, do you got anything on, on the on the? Uh, Has it changed anything about the way you want to go forward? Is what he's asking. Um. So there, there's a bunch. Um. 
I've been doing a lot just because circumstances have changed, right? So usually when I'm around my videographer and everything as usual, we we're filming a lot, but that hasn't been happening. So I've adjusted. So now instead of doing one podcast a week, I've been doing three podcasts a week, which I've actually really enjoyed. Uh, so I'll definitely be on a better podcast schedule. Uh, I've also been doing more TikToks, even though I honestly hate TikTok, but uh, I'm having fun with it. I'm trying it out. Like I, I really hate it, but like, why not? Um, I've been doing less YouTube and I actually miss it a lot. I really enjoy YouTube. Uh, it's actually, I think it's probably my favorite platform. It's also the hardest platform for me. It's the, it's the most difficult, the most challenging, the most time intensive, the most scary, but it's the one that I enjoy the most. And it's the one that I see the most benefit from, uh, in many, many aspects. So I'm going to get back on that, uh, do, doing a lot more challenges on there. Um, I, I've, added a lot to the inner circle. Um, and I don't see myself taking stuff away from it. I don't like see myself adding it just for this and then taking it away. So I see sort of maintaining everything I've been doing for it, uh, and, and continuing to, uh, to make that probably the best possible service I possibly can. Um, so really what I think this has done, it's funny. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people say that they're not busy. They're just lazying around. They don't have much to do. I've been busier than ever. Like I've been working harder than ever. My days have been packed from like eight or nine in the morning, usually until like eight or nine at night with a ton of content and a ton of interaction, a ton of speaking to people, doing free calls, just DMing and, and new types of content. So, um, and actually I think one of the greatest benefits of this is that I've been on a better, more regimented schedule than I've ever been in probably since I, since before Gary. So, uh, I think really just maintaining that and continuing to do as much as I possibly can. Sweet. Mike. Uh, I have a very different answer. Nice. And, and I love everything Jordan just said, by the way, I'm like a practical, technical, applicable, like listeners can actually put those thoughts into play immediately. What, what this has taught me or what I've benefited from the most is uh, putting like, I don't want to say self-improvement, but putting things first that make me better and make me more whole, um, such as like the lack of total movement I've done being quarantined is like the most obvious one and, and placing a focus, greater focus, at least back on my own fitness, because I know as a result of that, my mental health, my work ethic, like a lot of the good things about me follow me following a, a disciplined fitness protocol for myself. Um, that includes nutrition. Like it was quarantine and I was like, you know what? I'll try and make some muscle gain. I'm going to be laying around. My girlfriend's here. Like I'm going to eat a lot and gained excess fat in that amount of time, which from an aesthetic point of view, whatever, like I don't actually care, but from a, how I feel on the day-to-day -day perspective, how I'm sleeping, like eating more processed and more shitty foods just has led to me not feeling as good. Um, I've incorporated more, like more reading, more meditation, more prayer, more like of, of that side of me, which at least for many years was largely absent with such a focus on content, such a focus on, I think a lot of people do a really good job of making content and doing it for the right reasons. I know that many times I've made content for likes and for falls and, and for like vain reasons and, and bringing things back to like, I guess God is the right word, but, but to something deeper, like you don't have to use that word, something greater, something that is more meaningful as the base to then build whatever it is you want to do rather than be creating and be making on this house of cards of like ego and vanity and, and whatever is, is supporting it because that can tumble at any time. But when you build something deeper, it, it is going to last and it's going to be more fruitful and it's going to help more people. That was like the most insightful thing, the whole podcast, I think. <laughs> Outside of all the jokes, like I, I think if you just took that one thing, I think that that's more helpful for where people are at, um, especially the ones looking to, like you said, get attention and get all these things. Like if you miss that aspect of it, like the house of cards metaphor was like, I agree, bang on. I think I it's okay that. to take positives from all this stuff. I think it's very important how you express them to other people. 
uh, because some things can come off as a bit insensitive depending on who your audience is or people who are really struggling. And then, you know, a friend of mine uh, is in a really good place. All this, she's very introverted and, and she's very conscious of the environment and she's kind of a spiritual personality and she's like the environment's healing itself. And, and I, you know, I got to think it, at first it sort of rubbed me the wrong way, but then I was like, well, no, you know what? There's some truth in that. But I think you also got to want to be a little bit careful how you express it, especially if your audience are people who are in a really scary place right now. It, it's like this whole thing with celebrities and all, all the struggles the celebrities are having. And I love The Rock. I think that that guy can almost do no wrong. Yeah. But I saw Brian Cron like criticizing him for pimping his tequila right now. What? And I'm not sure I want to see how hard things are for the celebrities cooped up in their mansions. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, I get it, but without getting on another really strong tangent, and I you're not going a there. bunch of irrelevant people <laughs> who have, who ha haven't been relevant for a really long time, who are trying to insert themselves into the middle of something. So I, I think be very careful with that. And, and, you know, for those of you listening who are actually in a really good space, you know, maybe, be careful about what aspects of that you show. Like I'm still putting up some video of me lifting in my home gym. And part of me is like, uh, you know, not everybody has all the stuff I have, but I'm like, no, like it's evergreen fitness information. I got a weird comment from someone I know, and I showed how to use a band or double up a band and use it instead of a V bar handle for a landmine. Right. And, and then so she kind of got pissy about it saying that she only has three pound dumbbells and all this sort of stuff. And, my polite response is, well, you know, I've actually put up a ton of stuff at, at programs and stuff for dumbbells and for bands. Um, but actually, a lot of my following and my friends actually have barbells. So, you know, you don't need a landmine base to get a towel <laughs> in the corner, Man. barbell. I know you, you don't have the fucking handle, a band. It's actually a I know you're like, you you were super nice, but like outing her on the podcast and then talking shit about her is like the worst. I'm, but I'm not, I'm not talking shit. And nor is it the podcast <laughs> Completely are. It's the best. I'm happy no, with this. Like, but but it's, it's more about, okay, I think that stuff's a little bit unreasonable, but at the same time, yeah. be, be sense of the fact that if you are in a good place, not everybody is. So obviously show a lot of empathy. And, and if, if you can offer something that is going to give them like something like Mike was talking about helping those clients who didn't have the capacity to pay right now. That's going to go a really long way. Bro. Do you, are you on, you're not on YouTube. Are you, you, you got Me? off YouTube. Oh, fuck. Like, it's one of those things where I think I tell myself, I, I do as much as I do anyway. Like, you know, normally I'm coaching full-time hours on top of trying to write articles for T-Nation. And, yeah, yeah. and I don't produce a ton of articles, but I'm like you. I'll take a week, two weeks, and really polish the living hell out of that. I got that yep. from you and Eric Buck early on, way before you and I Andrew's even like, had you on the podcast. You guys are like, and, Andrew, and, I picture as he's super trainer. Like, he's the dude that's like the best trainer. He loves training. He's jacked. He has so many clients. And like, he thinks about training all day. Like, he's he's owned that. That's good. He just and I'm trying to do... Hey, you know, or three posts on social media. That's really good quality stuff. Not just like quick hits just to put up the numbers. And at a certain point, I mean, I'm not fuck with TikTok. I'm not on, I'm not on Snapchat. And, and I do buy in this message. You should be surgical and choose things carefully. I actually think and the podcast has a fair bit of overlap to what YouTube would be anyway. And I, and I think maybe I got a feeling you're, you're probably getting at the baby. I should, but Fuck, I find it challenging to sit down in front of the camera and then not fuck up. Like here, we can just free roll. It doesn't even matter. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to whatever your thoughts would. I, I think you would crush YouTube. Like, and, and I know exactly what you mean. It's much easier to sit down, jam on a podcast and speak without worrying. It's different when it's you and just looking at the camera and it's, it's only you. And then you can hear everything you're saying, almost like a laser focus. And you're like, why did I say that? That was stupid. I need to start over. Like, but I very much think that you would dominate YouTube and I really think get on it. Like he's actually right. a super trainer. I, 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 really will, I will, I will give it some serious thought because I think you got a point there. I think it could be valuable. And right now we've got a little more time. And even if it was something that shit do it a couple times a week, you know, for five minutes stuff, because I struggle with consuming YouTube stuff that lasts anything longer than 10 minutes personally. Yep. And I know we people argue like long form content versus short. I like long form written stuff. I struggle with videos, but a lot of people like videos. So people, love I think that video. people also use this as an excuse not to do long form content because they say, well, nobody has any sort of attention span anymore. 
okay, well, if everybody's thinking that way, that creates more space for people to do really good long form content. Yep. I think one of the most under, underutilized spaces in the video world is technique videos, like really good longer form technique videos and like barbell, body weight, kettlebell, dumbbell, bands, landmines, all of that. Like I think that that still drives my single leg RDL video and my bat wing row video. Those two among the hundreds that I've done continually drive thousands of people to me and they're on YouTube and like, they're not well done. They're not well produced, terrible sound quality. I was awful. I was nervous. I was shaky. I was red in the face, but like those videos consistently do well for me. And I have a bunch of them, but I think that space, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know what you would do, but I think that you would crush it. And I, I would love to see you on YouTube. I think, cause I've been, you know, I went and bought a mic and a, and a nice camera because of, of the videos I needed to do for the teenation stuff. So I do do blocks of filming. But honestly, and this is both me talking about what I can and should do, but also advice to anyone who's listening, is I could block off a serious time. Luca Hosfar actually said this, and Luca's probably the king of creating tons and tons of video. He just like mass produces his stuff. He's got a huge library and a good YouTube following. But take a bunch of hours, set it aside, film, practice it. I'm better than I was because I practiced it. I fuck up plenty. And then go and create this library and that's a library that you could have for your online coaching is i use the platform true coach where you can actually link your own videos that you've created which your clients will love you can share it on youtube you can take pieces of that that becomes content that's evergreen that you can share on your instagram which is high quality so you can repurpose all this sort of stuff and i know this stuff and so for anyone who's been struggling with it it's okay to struggle with it but you, again there and there have been people who we've had on this podcast who have inspired me to do things. You have inspired me to do more things that have been positives in my career than any other guests we've had. Okay. Thank you, man. And no Thanks one will, there are other people who have done a lot for my career. I consider Dean Somerset a massive role model in a lot of things I've done, but you will not hear me say on this podcast that there's anyone who I have taken more direct things from than you, especially when it comes to social media growth. Anybody who's been engaged in mine has seen that my following is, it's not yours. I mean, I still only have like 3,600 followers, but that grew really rapidly when I was investing effort into it. I temporarily got thrown off it because of this stuff. I am going to jump back on as a result of it. So I hope people, we mentioned your last podcast with us, but guys, if you're interested in stuff, go back and listen to Jordan's podcast, but also go back and check out the one that you guys do together. So I, what is the name of the one you guys do together? Because it never sits on my mind. How to become a personal trainer. Okay. So good stuff. And it's, some of it gets very entry level, but some of it's very advanced. So guys go back into that stuff because if this is the stuff you want to explore, this is one of the few podcasts that I actually spend time listening to. I don't have enough time to listen to everything that's out there, but this is one of the really good ones. So it's great. And then, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, you're hopefully a fan of good quality podcasts. I like to think ours is pretty good. This one is really, really good. So go and add it to your library of stuff. Okay, please. This is like, thank you, man. Anyway, and I guess let's, okay. let's end it where, and again, where do we find you guys? And we could start off with Mike because we, we just basically told Jordan how awesome he is, but like you should, you should follow. <laughs> you should follow uh, Mike, dude. You've inspired <laughs> Andrew. He doesn't want to say it, but like you. you just like, <laughs> my name, Mike Vacanti. Um, my, my website's on the regimen.com, but if you Google and I'm Mike Vacanti on all social media. Cool. And Jordan again, again, Jordan for the third time, but yeah, if you Google my name, Jordan site, S Y A T T, you'll find all my, all my platforms there. But, uh, I, I want to say, I was telling Mike before this podcast, uh, I appreciate and respect both of you. I think you're, you're both doing an incredible job and, uh, and I, I can't wait to finally meet you and get together have a lift and all this, but I really think you're doing incredible things for the industry. I respect you both immensely and, and thank you for having us on. Thank you. Well, and we will figure out the, the conference. I mean, if obviously the way things are going, I think that September is implausible, but uh, we may do it virtually, but there's going to come a point where we have you up here physically, maybe it's 2021 or whatever. We'll work it out. Cause you know, that's a high priority for me. In the meantime, as soon as you know international travel is more normalized again, I'm going to be going back to these conferences. I'm looking at, on one hand, yeah, we don't get this 
three months, six months, nine months, a year of disrupted normalcy back at the end of our lifetimes. But I'm looking forward to the, the conferences and the things that I will do in 2021, 2022 and onward. It's on pause right now. So I'm not upset about that. It's just a new reality that I've accepted. And I'm not waiting this out. I'm watching a bit more TV and I'm allowing myself to enjoy that. But I'm not just scrolling social media. I am not just watching YouTube. I am not just playing video games. I had my disruption. I've kicked that. And now I'm back as much effort as, and bandwidth as I can put into it, trying to do things that will set me up to be really successful as the fog of this bullshit that we're dealing with is lifted. Cool. Yeah. I, it's, it's a really important point because it holds true now and it holds true when things are amazing when you're doing and when you're, you're focusing on what matters to you and you're focusing on, on improving, whether it's yourself or others, you're in a better mind space. You're in a better head space. It's like this situation sucks. It absolutely sucks. It's, it's not, it's not a good situation, but you can make the most of it and you can still improve and get better during it. Perfect. I think that's okay. a place to end it. Thanks. thanks yeah. Thanks guys for being here. We really appreciate it. Shut up and sit down.